importance of storytelling when fundraising. In fact, even more important than you just might realize. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjukevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by Nicole Collins-Poring. Nicole is the former CEO and current advisor to TechBridge Girls, and she's had so much success gathering and telling stories in ways that promote her organization, fundraise, and cross lines of distinction. And Nicole, thank you so much for being with us on the Fundraising Schools podcast. Thank you, Bill. It's so exciting to see you and, and be here with you all today. I had the privilege of serving alongside Nicole and the Black Changemakers awarded by PepsiCo throughout 2023, a series of trainings that we're able to provide. Uh, and Nicole is a leader in the United States in the philanthropic sector, uh, through recognized for her efforts with TechBridge. And, you know, they don't let anybody do those TEDx talks. And Nicole's been invited to do that and many other national platforms that she's been on because of her work with TechBridge. Nicole, help our audience understand what is TechBridge Girls? Well, thank you again, Bill. And TechBridge Girls is a 25-year-old, almost, uh, nonprofit that serves girls and educators across the country because we believe that STEM education is not working for Black and Brown girls. Mm -hmm. And what we've learned in our two decades of history is that our girls are ready, capable, and willing to take on a STEM future and be leaders in it but it's often the adults in front of them that are preventing their persistence. So for TechBridge Girls, we equip out-of-school time educators, volunteers, and role models with our STEM equity training, resources, and curriculum so that they can be better advocates, but also gatekeepers that will propel our girls through their STEM persistence and journeys versus prevent them from getting through. That's great word choice. We're talking about STEM. They propel. What a great yeah. image that that captures for us, just like a good story can capture our hearts and our attention. And I know because I've heard you say this, you, you can give us the numbers. You can tell us how many girls were served, how many of these adults were served and X percent did this and Y percent did that. But you've had a lot of success telling stories. Why is storytelling important for you and your colleagues at TechBridge Girls? Well, storytelling is important because it's so connected to what we want to achieve around our impact, right? No matter, as you said, no matter what you want to do is that you want to ensure that you advance the mission. You want to amplify the message and that you want to secure the resources to make the changes and the transformation that we see necessary for our society and world, right? And so storytelling is another data point. So just as you said, facts and data and numbers tells one story, but them alone doesn't tell the whole story and doesn't also do the other thing that we want in, in regards to impact or equity work is that we want to change behaviors and we want to, um, you know, move hearts. Right. And so when you combine the data, the numbers with the stories, it really gives you a blueprint on how to create transformational change in the mission that you're trying to achieve. So for us, it's just part of the arsenal of resources that are motivating people to not only invest in our mission, but more importantly, transform the society that we are trying to work towards. The numbers can be gathered. They're on a spreadsheet. They're in a table and they're a snapshot. A story is like a moving picture. 
and in vibrant color and adds just so much texture. And Nicole, you have an intentional system for capturing these stories because some people might say, well, I can count the numbers and put those in the spreadsheet. That seems pretty straightforward. But if we're emphasizing the importance of storytelling, we need to systematize that process as well. How do you do that at TechBridge Girls to make sure you have these compelling stories to tell to external audiences, including your donors? Absolutely. I mean, it's the same approach to what we do with data, right? All of us use some type of CRM to collect data, then analyze it. Or, you know, if you're using an Excel spreadsheet, whatever it is, like you have a methodology on getting the information. And so storytelling is the same way. Yes, it's a little bit more challenging because, you know, it's not numbers that we're holding, but it's stories that we're holding. And when you're working, especially with youth, you wanna make sure that that, that data, especially that type of data is secured. So, you know, we're on this journey, but what we decided about a couple of years ago is to build a story bank. And a story bank is a, you know, a, a container that we hold and collect stories along the way, no matter if we're collecting stories because I'm at an event and somebody's speaking and we engage with each other, or if it's through our youth advisory or educator advisory council, or if it's one of our participants, either our educator or a girl that is a recipient of our curriculum and our programming. We collect these stories in different ways and snapshots over time, and then we store bank them. We put them in. Right now, we utilize Dropbox because that's as sophisticated as we have the resources to do. Um, and then we uh, categorize those stories with keywords so that it's easier, easy for us to find it when we want to pull a story based on an audience, a donor, a partner, an opportunity that will allow us to reinforce what we're trying to achieve in that moment with a story to support it. So that is kind of what we you know, started to do a couple years ago. Um, we also make sure that our whole entire staff understand this story bank resource and how they can contribute it to it because staff are out all the time, no matter if it's our program staff, our development staff, or our finance and operations staff who are engaging with vendors and partners. There are stories that are being told not only about our impact of our work, but the impact of their engagement with the organization as a whole. So how do we capture those stories so that then we can translate them in moments when we need to reinforce a point, right? Or when we wanna amplify a focus or a goal that we're trying to achieve. So that's how we have done it within the organization. It's not a perfect science yet. Um, we're still trying to fine tune it along uh, as we go, but it really is about starting somewhere and being intentional that this is part of the fabric of how we define and look at impact. Nicole, is this one person's full-time job? Did you train the whole staff so that everybody has their ear to the ground and their eyes open for stories and then to input them into your Dropbox you know, collection uh, storage box? What process needed to happen there to make sure either one person is leading this or that the entire team is engaged? Well, we initially um, worked with an external consultant, um, this organization called Rally, because this was starting as we were jump-starting our Belonging Blueprint um, advocacy initiative, because we knew that as we were going into this advocacy space, storytelling was going to be a critical part of that. And so they helped us kind of 
stand up the infrastructure. What do you need? How do you collect it? How do you think about um, categorizing the different areas and topics of, of stories and then being proactive about going to find those stories, right? So that you have them when you're ready. So they actually helped and really trained us at the initial step to like build the story bank. And then ultimately as their contract with us transitioned off, our communications team took it on. So our communications manager and assistant are the kind of um, gatekeepers of the story bank. And then they have first um, trained our program and strategic growth team because those are the individuals that are on the ground engaging with many of our our uh, partners, educators, girls directly. And then of course, development was the next, our development team, ensuring that they were trained about how to think about capturing stories, when to capture stories, being able to look out for those stories, giving them probes of questions if they hear something to get the person to go or the individual to go a little deeper so that they can contract some things out of that in a more robust way. And so that's what we've done is really first got hired, you know, experts who do this to help us lift up the infrastructure, transition it into an internal team who would management and then train staff and equip them with the resources so that they can feed into the story bank for when we need these stories to leverage and use. Absolutely extraordinary how you have knit that together into this wonderful enterprise of capturing stories of, of attitude change, knowledge change, behavior change, condition change for all the participants in TechBridge Girls in ways that can inspire, inform, and engage the rest of us. And, and Nicole, I'm just going to say, I love the fact that you use Dropbox because sometimes a nonprofit might say, oh, I need this big, fancy, expensive thing. And, and the larger nonprofits, they can afford the big, fancy, expensive thing. That's and good right. for them. And that's great. But I'm hearing that all nonprofits of all sizes, just as they collect stories from their donors and put it in their donor database, you're collecting stories about your programs and putting them in your story bank. That's correct. And we do it in all types of mediums. That's why we use Dropbox, right? Because sometimes it's a video. We ask them to record something on their phone real quick and we want to upload it. Sometimes it's a call, you know, and so we're just utilizing audio. Sometimes it's via Zoom. Sometimes it's written because we're in spaces where we're getting these stories. And so we're just capturing the quote, right? And so sometimes it's just, you know, an email that we send to ourselves to upload it into Dropbox. So we have to be flexible and Dropbox allows us to do that and have the bandwidth to be able to support all of those mediums to capture those stories. Nicole, could you please help us understand the categorization so that you know how to reach into the story bank and get the story that you need? And of course, for each nonprofit, it's going to be different based on their public service mission and you know the population who they're serving. But like, what are some of these categories and how do you say either on your own or to the communications team, you know, I'm gonna go speak at the civic organization. I need a story on this. How, do, how does that work? Yeah, th and this is actually a bit newer. As you saw, I was looking to the side because I was like, get my notes because I wanna make sure my comms manager um, wrote this down for me in a very, but what we do is index and we index based on audiences, right? So we do a lot of work to figure out. And again, it's evolving as we've kind of made some huge strategic shifts in who we've been for a good portion of our lives. We're kind of a newer, different organization than we've been in our past. 
podcast, it's like really understanding the different audiences. What do they need to hear? What are important things that engage them, draw them in, make them act? And so our indexing is really first tiered, focused on the audience. Um, in which we're trying to reach. And then within those audiences, there's like key, like keywords that are connected to those audiences. So if donors, they want to hear impact, right? So, you know, what TechBridge girls did after our educator went through our six month training, right? Um, so that they can hear that story. So that's kind of how we've done it. And again, we are continuing to evolve to see how it's working and if it's, um, we don't have a, a whole bunch of stories yet, but like as we get more stories, is that indexing still approach still going to meet the needs or do we need to even go a little bit more fine tuner? Because as you can imagine, certain audiences will blur, right? Um, you know, donors, even within the donors, it's like, what does our corporate philanthropy donor look like versus an individual donor? And are there different kind of words or uh, phrases that would be more conducive to those audiences. So I think as we get more sophisticated as our story bank grows, we'll probably have to kind of reevaluate the indexing approach so that we can ensure that it doesn't get overwhelming, just like a whole bunch of stories in one place, but we can really utilize it in a very methodical way. And we're learning just foundationally how, how to do this uh, as TechBridge Girls has created this story bank. And, and I just, you know, one of my favorite, you know, coffee mug leadership phrases is the leader is pleased, but never satisfied. And I love how Nicole's like, yeah, but it could be a little bit better. And we're learning <laughs> this. So we're going to make it even better as, as we grow. And it's just wonderful to see your leadership brain working in that way. Nicole, when we talked about stories, you know, when we, we think about um, the growing awareness around diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, in philanthropy, amongst fundraisers, uh, amongst leaders, amongst donors. And you really brought an important point to our session, the last one we had with the PepsiCo Black Changemakers, about how stories play an important role and the use of stories and the allowance of use of stories uh, when fundraising. Can you help our audience understand that very important point, please? Yes. I mean, the reality is, is that we have a very explicit view of what valuable data and impact is and what it what it normally means is its output. Right. It is how many widgets can we count to assess whether or not the, the program is working. But the reality is that's not really telling the full story. And it's skewed because when you think about organizations that really have the ability to measure the depth of impact, especially over time, it is a very small slither of organizations that have the ability to do that. And I will more likely say it's not organizations led by people of color or, or the smaller nonprofits under the $5 million or even $3 million uh, operating budget. But we know we are all doing huge, vast levels of impact into the communities that we are serving. So what I always hope for and talk to my funders about is that, yes, the output data is important. And a person who comes out of the for-profit world, I get that world. But if we are really talking about impact, then the stories is what colors 
what is actually happening in the trajectory of the experience of the mission that we're trying to execute on. And so I think for me, it's really about broadening our view of what credible data is and leveraging storytelling as an essential component that tells the entire story and the true transformation or change that is trying to be achieved. So just like I say, you can't have the data without the story, it's yes, you can't also have the story without the data. So how do we create more space and credibility and you know value in that as much as that we hold with, you know, the 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 numbers kind of thing. So for me, I, I do believe that's an equity issue. I think that it is, um, you know, soiled and structured in kind of our, you know, dominant culture, white supremacist culture around how we utilize data. Um, and how do we like really broaden so that it's culturally inclusive of how we really see impact, especially in communities of color, and that those stories can be amplified through a true sense of voice, true voice versus kind of um, translated voice that sometimes the numbers will just do. Thank you for providing that information, education, and enrichment for us. And um, just also to further, you know, support that, that uh, many communities and cultures have oral traditions. That's correct. It's part of who they are. That's it's correct. part of their cultural heritage. And why not include that uh, as uh, our folks from underrepresented communities are leading nonprofits, fundraising, meeting with donors, uh, and the importance of storytelling uh, honors those cultural traditions while also meeting those nonprofits where they are. Nicole, thank you so much. If, if you had a word of advice, a nonprofit is tuning in to say, how do I get started? What advice would you have for fundraisers, nonprofit organizations on how to get moving on the creation of a story bank? Well, you know, don't overthink it. You hear stories every single day. You hear it when you sit in your program, you hear it when you're preparing for your impact report, you hear it as you're bypassing, you know, in the streets when you talk about your organization and say, and people want to know more, right? There is stories everywhere. And so what I think is most important is to really get clear about what is the story that you want to be told about your mission and the organization and its impact. And then try to listen and have an ear for those stories so that you can capture them whenever they come, but then have an infrastructure to put it in. It doesn't even matter if, I mean, I know before we even had the you know story bank, right? If somebody told me a story about their impact, I would email it to myself just so that I have it. Because who knows, you know, my my team at some point are going to say, hey, Nicole, do you have X, Y and Z? And I'm like, yeah, I remember I talked to this person. Oh, let me go go find it in my email. Right. So don't overthink it. Know that stories are everywhere. Get clear about what story you want to be told about your impact and about the community in which you are serving and the change you're trying to make. And then create some place to put those stories um, and then just grow it over time. And no, it's not going to be perfect, but it's a start. Nicole Collins-Pori, 
is former CEO, ongoing advisor for TechBridge Girls, and her leadership recognized as a PepsiCo Black Changemaker, helping us understand the importance of storytelling for external relations, fundraising, and also importantly for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. We incorporate content in all of our courses on storytelling, as well as on diversity. In fact, in our Achieving Excellence in Fundraising book, 39 chapters, the authors were told you needed to make sure you were writing through a lens of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that textbook is on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school, where you're also going to find out about our 24 public courses that are in eight U.S. cities and anywhere around the world online. And TechBridge girls would want us to know with their STEM interests. Yes, even on the International Space Station, you can take our courses. Uh, we also can customize our content for you, bring it right to your nonprofit, your association. We have quarterly webinars, of course, these free podcasts. And again, the website, philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Our producers today are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakevich. And now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm-hmm.